Careers for You podcast, the podcast aimed at Bournemouth University students and graduates. Each episode, we talk to employers, alumni and professionals all about their career journey, what employers are looking for and help you explore the opportunities that are available to you. Hello and welcome to this episode. I'm your host, Amanda. Today, I chat to Claire King, founder of the Nutrition Advisory Team. Claire is due to graduate this year from BU with a Master's in Nutrition. We chat about her career journey from being a head teacher to returning to university as a mature student and starting a business. Claire talks about the benefits of developing connections with others, taking opportunities and building her confidence as a business owner. Welcome, Claire. Thank you for joining me today on the podcast. Could you introduce yourself and a little bit about what you do? Yep. Um, Thank you for inviting me today. Um, I'm Claire King. I've just completed a a nutrition, a master's in nutrition and behaviour at Bournemouth University with Fatini, Rena and Chloe, having developed quite an inspiring programme. And I've really enjoyed that. And alongside that, at the same time, I was setting up the nutrition advisory team, which is the business that uh, I'm now going forward with. So can you tell me a little bit about the business that you started? Yep. Um, The business is, um, the the whole business is called Nutrition Advisory Team. And there are different aspects to that. So there's a school consultancy part to the business, having recognised that many schools don't have school food policies. uh, There's an opportunity for schools to contact our team and create a whole school food policy that. Uh, sets out their aims and ambitions alongside what they're currently doing so that if somebody came in and observed what they were doing uh, it's very clear that they're making progress towards a specific goal. The biggest part of the business that is taking up all of the time is the development of the NutriKit which is an education toolkit for primary school aged children. Um, There are 48 modules in total being developed and they're aimed at children aged 4 to 11 Uh, Ultimately, they're science-based, evidence-based resources um, that encourage children to think about food, food systems, how nutrients impact upon them. I mean, obviously, in schools these days, there are um, sort of 14 key allergens that Mm. school food caterers try to avoid. And there are children that know themselves that somebody in their class has, for example, a peanut allergy or a particular intolerance to a certain food like dairy um, and they're aware but they don't necessarily have an understanding of how that nutrient impacts that person so some of our modules encourage that understanding in order to create greater tolerance between peers so that they really do understand and try to support each other with the things that they're eating um, it focuses very much on uh, the health of the population and how we can keep ourselves healthier Um, and our responsibility in choosing particular foods as well and how they can impact on uh, the environment, the planet. Um, So there's an element of sustainability education, particularly regarding provenance, where we source our foods um, and waste. So the resort, it's resources, it's education, but so the teachers will take that on and teach it to the students or do you go into the schools? How does that work? Yeah, everything is already when if it, if the school takes the product, then everything is there for them. So it's been designed so that a higher level teaching assistant could take the resources and teach directly using the resources. So all of the information is already there for them to engage the children with. 
And then there's additional resources with sort of frequently asked questions that the pupils might ask with the answers. Um, and then uh, there's an element of CPD to each resource as well, so that if they want to do some further reading themselves, the papers that we've used to create the resources are linked so that they can go away and actually read the papers for themselves. Excellent. OK. And what inspired you to start this business? Children. Children are inspiring. Um, I came out of career in teaching uh, when I had a child myself and I was a teacher for 12 years and a head teacher for 10 and then I had a boy and just taking time out with him and watching him learn encouraged me to really think about the learning that starts at the very beginning. I mean it starts in the womb but when they come out and you see everything they do it's constantly exploring the world they're in and that's really inspired me to really think about not just the sensory element, but the academic learning that is going on that we don't necessarily see ourselves in terms of what they're feeling and tasting and chewing and, you know, all of that from a very early age. So children are the inspiration behind it. I've loved my career in teaching. Um, There's nothing more engaging than a child that keeps interrupting your lesson with questions. You know, and it's actually, whilst it's uncomfortable, it's really positive to be put in a situation as a teacher where you can't answer the question because it says okay well we need to think about that we need to go away find out separately come back learn together um so this resource that i've created does encourage just that thinking about thinking and did you notice when you were a teacher did you notice there was a gap with this sort of education of nutrition in the schools. Yeah, I mean, there are a huge amount of great resources out there. Some the schools can afford, some they can't. Um, and I think some you can't afford not to have to support the learning of children. Uh, it, when I was a head teacher, I had some children that were repeatedly coming into my office before 9.30 in the morning because of some uh, behaviour that had happened either in the playground or in the cloakroom, or even by the time they'd come to class, they just were not ready to learn. I decided to follow five children for a month and just look at the different interactions during the day and see where they came up with behaviour difficulties. Uh, And I found a direct link to hunger, potentially blood sugar levels. It made me very interested in what they were eating. And so I always, whenever I met them, always said, oh, what did you have for breakfast? Mm -hmm. Um, There were uh, situations where parents had had to um, go off to work They'd given their children food, good food to eat, um, you know, including fruit, and they put it all out ready. Uh, but the child had taken like what sits in the can of coke from the cupboard and headed into school, you know. So it's it, it wasn't about parenting from my point mm. of view. It was very much about pupil choice, uh, which inspired me to really think about what children mm. should know in order to make informed choices as they go through mm. life. Actually, understanding the reasons for why we're saying or why parents are giving the the healthier options yes yeah it's I mean we always say you know as parents we're always saying no don't eat that you know that's got too much sugar in I don't want you to have that fizzy drink you know we never necessarily say this is what the fizzy drink will do and that's a behavior that neither you or I want to see so we just say no (laughs) no I'm not having it and we know because we can't deal with the behavior afterwards that you know that the the glucose spike is created in some children um but we haven't necessarily explained that fully to them so and i'm not saying don't eat don't drink um 
I'm not trying to label foods as good or bad, but what I do want children to understand is that some foods will have this effect on you, some foods will have this effect on you, and if you eat foods in this particular order, you can uh, change the effect the foods will have on you, and you can therefore manage it better. Which leads to managing, you know, elements of being tired and more alert as well, which actually helps them to form better in learning or in the physical activity that they're trying to undertake. It's, it has that knock-on effect, doesn't it, it's on so much, on behaviour, yeah. or like you said, on learning, and it comes down with what we're consuming. But I guess, yeah, we're not always teaching our children why. It is just don't, or, oh, it's too much sugar, or, oh, well, it will damage your teeth. <laughs> I'm, I'm guilty of that as a parent. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and it's true, you know, too much sugar can lead to dental caries issues. You know, and that's not, it's not a bad thing to no, mention that. To but there's more. But it's also the, yeah, well, the industry has made um, foods with a particular bliss point, And that's what we seek out when we seek out the foods that are perhaps not as good for us. Mm. With your, with your master's in nutrition, did you study that because you had this business idea or where, or did you study, study it and then the business idea came about from it? No, I had I had the business idea during maternity leave, and I wrote it all out on a. I downloaded one of those Google business forms, and I wrote it all out on there, and then decided that I didn't actually have the qualifications to do it. And what I didn't want to do was just go and employ a whole load of nutritionists and start the business. I needed to be authentic in what I was doing. I need to understand exactly how it works myself. So uh, I applied to do the masters, and luckily was accepted even though I have absolutely no biochemistry background uh, which I say would have been useful to have had that but I did have the psychology which links with the nutrition and behavior aspect so some of the learning was comfortable and inspiring and really enjoyable and some of the masters was just whoa I'm really back at school here (laughs) you know I really am yeah yes I enjoyed it it challenged me and I really enjoyed it and it's really definitely supported the business model. Really? But you coped, you managed it. Was your undergraduate degree in psychology then? Yes, many moons ago. And then obviously then you trained as a teacher after that, you did your PGC. Yeah, and then the headship training. So yeah, I mean, I like learning. I, I'm a definitely a lifelong learner. You know, I don't know what's next, but I think um, for the next 10 years, this will inspire me to keep reading more about the science of the body and the mind and how we integrate both. Excellent. And in terms of your experiences as a teacher, how do you feel it's been, or and a head teacher, how do you feel it's been beneficial for the business up to date? Uh, very useful because um, things like knowing and appreciating how children learn, um, understanding how classrooms are set up, what resources they have, how much ability there is really to meet visual, auditory and kinesthetic aspects of learning within one lesson. You know, it's knowing what's achievable and understanding also what the teachers are going to be challenged by. So hence the frequently asked questions section, uh, really trying to think about really putting myself, I guess, as a virtual teacher in the classroom using this resource and trying to understand what might come at me as a teacher and how I can manage that. Because at the end of the day, we want to feel confident as teachers and quite secure in our knowledge. And yet, you know, you can't be in everything and children will challenge you. So the resource is set up so that actually hopefully a lot of the answers they need are there and what's not hopefully they'll have the confidence to say 
okay let's go and find out and in terms of the business and actually setting up the business how have you found that process and have you had any specific support exciting scary I've definitely been through the same kind of imposter syndrome I had when I was first a head teacher you know can I do it is this achievable lots of cases where it's one step forward two steps back so I've had to learn more about the legal processes of setting up a business than I had first understood I now know a lot more about sort of um, well, things like data protection which I had some understanding of as a head teacher um, but I've had to learn more about that intellectual property I had no idea what that was um, but I went during Covid I had to pause the Masters and in that pause because um, mm-hmm. my child wasn't able to go to school like most children and I did homeschooling and in that pause um, I did a an interactive course with Nottingham University with a the Ingenuity Lab that was the beginning of understanding how to set up the business with all of the legal aspects. So the Ingenuity Lab, and I know you've also, you took part in the Ingenuity Challenge, was that separate from the Ingenuity Challenge? No, it's all all together. So um, as having done this, having started the Masters, um, I met lots of like-minded people, people that were exploring nutrition because they had reached a certain age and not understood themselves what nutrition has as an impact on their body. Um, I met lots of different women the same age as me that were doing the same course. And that was really exciting to see they'd all come from different paths. So uh, there was a chef, there was a health coach, you know, there were people that were coming and changing their careers slightly or enhancing their understanding to support their career. So, and I'm um, a couple of people that I met, um, a couple of young girls on the course, I decided to talk to about the business idea and it was one of them that actually suggested the ingenuity because she'd received an email about ingenuity. So that's how the journey with ingenuity started. So initially they came on the journey with me to do ingenuity using my business plan and we went through that process together, which was actually really very healthy for all of us. They've both gone off in different directions and got very valuable jobs in nutrition. Uh, and I've gone on to uh, set up the business and and take it forward. Excellent. So let's talk more about the Ingenuity Challenge because that's open to university students. So what is that challenge and what type of support? What did you do as part of that? I think, I mean, the Ingenuity Challenge is absolutely amazing. It's free. Anyone can join if you've got a business idea, so you can apply you won't necessarily be accepted, but hopefully you would. If you've got a business idea and you've managed to already put that into a business template, then you can send that in with your application and say, this is what I would like to do. They're particularly interested in social enterprise. So if there's a, an aspect of global society that you feel that you can support and improve in some way, then they would like to hear about it. When you do uh, start the course... For me, I was lucky it was all online because it was in COVID and you can either join at the time or you can see the recording later and you can still do all of the tasks and access the workshops. The workshops were all face-to-face, but set at a time that did work you, and you could say if it didn't and then um, some things were flexible, particularly during that time. I met really interesting people that were setting up businesses. Some had were already established and wanting to improve and some were like me just beginning with the seed of an idea and wanting to 
understand everything there is to know about setting up a business. There are mentors on the course and they get assigned to you. Again, really inspiring people. So on there, I met a man who had uh, set up a, a gambling awareness business primarily because he'd had gambling issues himself. And he's gone on to set up an amazing mm-hmm. business that now is here and in America and is impacting on uh, people who have suffered in terms of mental health because of the gambling addiction. Ingenuity Lab works with people who really want to give something back. And it's all free advice. And you can ask them questions. You can really try to understand the difficulties that they've had. And they share openly and honestly so that it helps you to understand a bit more about the journey that you're about to embark Amazing. on. Amazing. Sounds really good. And was there a funding available as part of that to compete for as well? You could, at the end, if you um, completed the course, uh, there was an opportunity for some to apply for funding and you could go and pitch for funding. Yeah. So I went to pitch for uh, some money, which is is an uncomfortable position to be in in the first place. But yeah, you basically you go into a room, you pitch to a, an audience and um, it's like a panel of experts that are asking you lots of questions about how could your business possibly impact here, there. You have to give evidence to support you know, how you're going to take it forward to show that it's going to be tangible and it is going to happen. And I was lucky to actually receive some funding, which helped to get me started. So I've been able to put together a website, um, been able to outsource some work to qualified nutritionists. Um, I've also been lucky to encourage people to volunteer in a capacity to help validate some of the materials. Yeah, and the funding is small, but each small chunk that I hopefully will get in the future will gather pace and that will help to bring everything to fruition. So it sounds like the Ingenuity Challenge did that initial pot of funding actually helped you get started. Yeah, kickstarted it. Kickstarted everything. Yeah. To be honest, it wasn't the money that kickstarted it. It was the confidence that getting the money gave me. So that assurance, that validation that everything that I had in mind to do was actually appreciated by intelligent Mm. academic people. Uh, Just that really pushed me forwards. Excellent. That's really good. And I think sometimes that is what we need, isn't it? Because we can, like you've talked about imposter syndrome before and confidence you know setting up a business and having that business idea it can be hard and knowing if it's the right thing to do and actually having somebody to say yes it's this is a good idea and here's some money because it's such a good idea yeah yeah you need a believer it's like having a classroom of children and knowing that you've got a couple in there that lack self-confidence in a particular subject um often maths or uh, english writing stories you know they they think they can't and it's you know you nurture and encourage them and hopefully you become you know the person that's backing them to feel confident enough to achieve that well I feel like I had that sort of pat on the back that said yep go on launch forwards have a go so yeah there's nothing like it it does if somebody believes in you it just makes you feel more confident about what you're doing and in terms of any challenges what sort of challenges have you faced in the development of the business well starting on my own I think that's it's a challenge to work on your own. It's always nice to have somebody that you can bounce ideas off and talk to. Um, if you are on your own, I think a network is important. I've been slowly 
building my network of like-minded people that you can share ideas with. Um, so yeah, one of the challenges is definitely when you're in isolation starting something off. Um, I think my learning from the challenge has been to be brave and to start conversations with people, even people you don't know. So for example, on LinkedIn, um, I've started a couple of conversations on LinkedIn that have actually then led to a connection with somebody else and um, linked me to um, live studies mm-hmm. that you know are saying that diet is strongly linked to uh, children's mental health. Um, obviously, it's well established that diet is linked to physical health, but it's perhaps less. There's less evidence around to show that there is a connection between that and mental health. So, yes, be brave, I think, and put yourself out there and see what happens. I mean, the worst thing generally is that you just get no response. So, and that's fine. Yeah, that's good. So, so you found it kind of overcoming that sort of barrier and actually making those contacts did, did support, did help you with your business? I recognise that I don't really like working alone. I'm used to teamwork. Um, I'm certainly an advocate as a head teacher, having a really good deputy with some time out of the classroom so that you can uh, put your heads together and find a way forward with your vision. So I felt at a bit of a loss not having somebody to work with on this, but I've changed that. So I've now got a couple of people that um, I'm outsourcing some uh, writing materials to, and with that comes the partnership of writing them together, which, you know, that's the bit I love, that collaboration is the bit that I really thrive on. Excellent. So what's the plan going forward? Where are you kind of at with the business? How are you going to get it to grow? I've been working with, I've got a really exciting partnership with the Food Innovation Centre in Nottingham, um, which is a a link that I managed to gain on the day that I went for funding. I was chatting to the lady that was looking after me before I had to go and pitch. And I'd explained that I really wanted to meet the man that was leading the Food Innovation Centre to see if there was something useful in their research that might help to inform my business. And he walked down the corridor. No. (laughs) Just fortuitous that we were both in the same place at the same time. And so I was introduced to him. He then agreed to, I sent him my business uh, plan and he agreed to meet And from there, I've gained an enormous amount of strength in terms of hours and support, um, collaborative working. Uh, So I'm currently working with Food Innovation Centre on pilot resources. Uh, They're supporting with the filming of the kinesthetic part of the lesson, so the hands-on practical. The aim of the pilot lessons is that teachers will actually teach from my resources, obviously kinesthetic aspect of a lesson can have a teacher unnerved so the videos will be there so that they can either show the video in isolation and that will teach the children or they could stop start the video and do the practical hands-on with the children in groups or they can stop start the video and do the practical themselves for the children to see so that they can see what is really happening I'm hoping that the confidence will be there to actually do the sensory part of the lesson in with the children so that they can see it themselves and touch it and have a greater understanding by connecting with the resource. Uh, but if they don't, the resource is there that the children will still gain an aspect of learning from the video. I love that. That's really great that you've got it all kind of covered, all bases covered really for how a teacher might want to teach or maybe how it takes time for them to build their confidence in teaching this this topic. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes 
you know, with all the best will in the world, there isn't enough time to uh, look at all the resources before you start to teach. So it's set up so that they can, if, if something has changed and they've been thrown into another classroom to cover, the resources are fully engaging as they are. Yeah, brilliant. So you've you've started approaching schools then? I'm exclusively offering it to schools uh, around the Nottingham area, so Nottingham, Leicester, Derby. So the pilot uh, will be there. That's where I gained the funding from, from Nottingham, and um, I'm working with the Food Innovation Centre. So it makes sense to use the schools in that locality for this pilot. So there are six primary schools all together and the pilot resources are all aimed at year six and it will start this summer. So year six finish their SATs by the end of May. So the pilot will go through June. Excellent. And then once the pilot's done, if that's successful, rolling it out? Well, it'd be a big evaluation, big evaluation. So pupil voice is key. I want to hear back from year sixes who I'm hoping because they're leaving primary school and ready for secondary will be very candid with their feedback. What they did like, what was good, what was bad, what was ugly. It, that will help me to improve the resources even more. And then I will give the resources to the pilot, further resources to the pilot schools to use as a thank you for taking part. Um, and then launch selling some resources to other schools and continuing to create the rest of the modules. So you'll have that pilot to use that as research to base how it's going, get feedback and then yeah. develop. And also the funding um, will run out uh, in the summer. So I'm hoping that the pilot is successful and can help springboard me towards getting some more funding. Brilliant. It's really interesting. I mean, it sounds like you've done so well in getting it to this point. Yeah. And it's just small steps and uh, very happy connections. I think it's just perseverance. So just keep going um, and connect, connect, connect. I think that's really good advice because obviously it's shown how you're kind of creating your own luck as well, almost through those connections, like the man walking down the corridor. You were there for a purpose. You know, you you were talking and having that conversation, saying that you wanted to meet that person so they could then identify that person to you. And it just all kind of links up. So it's... It's important to have those conversations, isn't it? Yeah, some of it is just luck, you know, luck. And um, and then the engagement of that conversation, it, again, it just it fitted with his values, what he was trying to achieve. Um, I went and presented to the team. Um, so Richard, who Richard Worrell runs the Food Innovation Centre, um, he connected me to his team and said, come and do a presentation. Can't promise anything, but let's see what goes from there and in the team um a lady called annie connected straight away um she asked hundreds of questions during that presentation because she really wanted to understand what i was doing where it was going what if and you know created the biggest sort of challenge within that conversation um but i could tell that she was from doing it all from interest because she was completely engaged with the idea of what was going to be taken forward and so it's Annie that I'm directly working with now. So she's a really, it's an exciting partnership because we sort of feed off each other and she asks lots of really useful questions So and makes, makes connections. So again, through her and Richard, I've made more connections in Nottingham that I ever would have dreamed of making before. Have you made any useful connections at Bournemouth University? Yes, I've made some 
um, fabulous connections with some of the students. Those that have qualified as registered nutritionists, associate registered nutritionists, are some of those are working with me with some of the outsourcing of work. Obviously, I've really enjoyed the work with the lecturers, and I'm hoping that something will come of a conversation there. And in addition, I've made a really good connection with um, Ian Jones, who does most of the outreach work at Bournemouth University. With Ingenuity, uh, I did win some awards. Uh, One of them was Female Entrepreneur of the Year Award, Brenda Dean Award. And Ian contacted me as soon as I'd won that and suggested that there might be some funding available. Difficulties have arisen with the funding, uh, but this year he's... Uh, made contact again and there is a small pot of money that I could use towards the animation so I'm now in a position where I'm talking to Bournemouth animation team uh, using that pot of money to hopefully support the lessons with some exciting animation that the children will be hooked on and hopefully will uh, consolidate their learning in particular areas in the modules. Excellent that's really great so BU have um provided that funding to potentially build build those animations yeah and that will support the pilot lessons and then hopefully uh, if I can get some more funding I can come and put some of that funding back into BU to support further animations for the rest of the modules and the pilot work that I will then do down here excellent that sounds really exciting and a really brilliant development for the business as well yeah those are the conversations I'm having over this week and next it's really great. It's great to see how um, you know both universities, obviously, but you know particularly with Bournemouth University because obviously that's where you're studying. How they are now supporting you um, on that journey as well and providing that uh, bit of funding too. So that's really nice to see. Yeah, and for Bournemouth University, you know, I think there's strong links to be had with both Bournemouth and Nottingham. So I think you've already partly covered this, but in terms of if a student or if anyone was thinking about setting up a business. In terms of advice or tips that you feel are benef- could be beneficial to them, what would you advise? Uh, I think even when the going gets tough, go back to your vision and values and just remind yourself why you're doing it. Um, it's always tough at the start. And I think you have to accept that it's one step forward, two steps back quite regularly at the beginning. And I'm, and I'm still at that stage. So... I just have that hope that it's eventually it will change and the pace will be different in terms of moving forward. So I think perseverance is really key. Um, reminding yourself why you're doing it is really key. Um, and connections. It's People always say, oh, it's who you know. And actually, they're not wrong. It is who you know. It is who you know, who they know. Um, and just finding somebody that thinks, yeah, that's absolutely going to work that could happen, that could go forward. Let's connect them with this person and that person and see what happens. And ultimately, the biggest thing I've found is how supportive people are. The people that I've met have been supportive and encouraging. And even if it's not in their field, they know somebody else who might be worth talking to. Mm. That's really, really sound advice. So thank you. And thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been really interesting hearing your journey from you know being a teacher a head teacher and then setting up this business and you know what you want to produce for these schools and to to support these children to hopefully live healthier lives is is really interesting so thank you thank you i've enjoyed being part of it and i've really enjoyed being part of bournemouth university 
you know, the ripe old age that I am, I've really enjoyed the community that's there to link with and um, the prospect of some future work with Bournemouth University is already there. So I'm really looking forward to having some more time with Bournemouth University. Brilliant. No, thank you. Well, maybe we'll get you on again in a, in a year or so time and see where you're at. That'd be great. Yeah, that would be great. Thank you. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. Please remember to subscribe and follow so you can keep up to date with all new episodes. 